Have you ever had a picky client? I certainly have. How do you deal with them? When they want revision after revision, your work is never good enough, you just want to pull your hair out? Let's talk about this. Welcome to the podcast, Freelancing Dads, where we discuss how to help dad transition from his employee job to a freelance career at home so he can increase his income and spend more time with his family. And if you're already a freelancing parent, we'll help you grow your business to the next level. For any society to thrive, a strong family unit must be at the core of its structure. And dad being at home, earning more, and working less is what makes this a reality. Join us to learn how to build your business and family when they're under the same roof. Welcome back to the show. I'm excited today to talk about how to deal with picky clients because everyone's going to experience them. And the answer is not to just dump them right away. You got to give them a chance because I've had some good clients that were long-term that originally were a little frustrating and they were very picky and we worked our way through it. And so I'm going to share with you an experience that I had uh, only in the last few months um, from a client who is picky and I've had several of them. Most of my clients have not been overly, you know, want to pull your hair out kind of picky, um, but I've had a few. This is a really important subject because if you react in the wrong way, to a client who's picky, it could mean hurting your reputation. You could end up ending the contract and getting a really bad rating or review, and uh, and you could have somebody really hurt your ability to get future business. So you have to be able to navigate this well. So even if you do end the contract, you're in a good place with this person, and they're not going to go and try to trash your reputation or anything. So let's first define picky. Most of us define it as a ne- as a negative thing, as having some unnecessary particularity about something. And sometimes a client's pickiness is uh, justified and sometimes it's not worth the cost or the time. There's a balance that has to be achieved and you have to work with the client on figuring that out. So this world, obviously, you know, we need particular detail-oriented people, but perfectionism can be a bottleneck for business. And one of the biggest things that I've had to teach some of my clients when it comes to being overly picky is how to say it's good enough. What we're doing is not worth the cost or the time for you to keep making these changes that won't actually make an impact on the result. Sometimes it's not worth the extra finessing, and sometimes it is. Improvement is an okay thing, and obviously you want to seek for high quality, but too intense of OCD type of uh, behavior can, can be very costly. But here's the thing that annoys most freelancers when it comes to a client who wants change after change after change. On the surface... If the freelancer charged a flat rate, then the, the, the annoyance is obvious, right? You're losing money with every new change you have to make, and you might end up getting paid than your desired hourly rate at the end of it. Um, we often call it scope creep. We have a certain idea in mind of how big a project is, of how long it's going to take, and then it just keeps expanding and expanding. But deep down, it can also make the freelancer feel that the client is not trusting their expertise on something. But if you're humble enough as a freelancer, you'll take every criticism from a client seriously and you'll learn some valuable lessons that will help you grow your business quicker. Every time that I've had clients that had something critical to say about what I was doing or how I was doing it, I would always take it seriously. And I always discovered, oh, wow, there is actually something I can improve here. And it ultimately led to me growing my business easier. Now, one of the biggest improvements that most freelancers can make when they get in these situations of the client wants change after change after change, 
is to establish clear expectations with the client. Now, when a freelancer is being paid hourly, it's not as big of a deal, right? Every change the client wants, they have to pay for it. Uh, but when it's flat rate, that's when it becomes a big deal. That's when you have to have really clear rules on the amount of revisions they get and all the uh, the uh, the stipulations regarding this flat rate project. Now, most of my clients have been pretty trusting in my work, and especially the more experienced I got, they just kind of left things up to me to do quality checks and whatnot, um, but they'll sometimes check in. And that's only because I've earned it by providing uh, content up front that didn't have many flaws or errors. And so my clients didn't feel that they had to review everything in full. But for a solo freelancer, so like I have a small team, so I have multiple eyes reviewing projects, you know, checking for spelling mistakes, other errors. Um, when it's just you doing things solo, you usually need to have the client as that second pair of eyes. Um, but you do need to set that expectation with them that they are reviewing things that we're all human and we all make spelling errors or mind just fill, fills in the blank often. Um, you know, that's why when an author writes a book, they have a proofreader and an editor and all these different people that review it, even though the author is already a good writer, they know how to do good grammar. They know how to spell things, but they still make mistakes. So definitely take the time to review your work and double check everything, but make sure that the client knows that they are also that second pair of eyes. Now, when it comes to dealing with a picky client, I'm just going to share a personal experience I had uh, recently because I think that's going to illustrate for you what to do in these types of situations. So a few months ago, I had a client who kept criticizing my work again and again, and it was a brand new client. We were getting started with creating some videos. And um, we just weren't on the same page from the beginning regarding their stylistic preferences. So some clients don't have stylistic preferences and others care more about it. Everyone cares about different things. Some are more visual, some aren't. And so don't just go off of their adjectives, especially when it comes to style. So like this client was saying things like, hey, I want it to look elegant and professional, but I just assumed I knew what that meant, but I obviously didn't know what it meant. Um, always ask for examples of what the client means, visual examples, actual examples. Don't just assume that you know what they mean. And every, so every, rendi every rendition I made of, this, of these videos got more and more criticism than the first, but it should have been less. And so part of the problem was that the client didn't fully know what they wanted yet. And they didn't have their branding fully figured out. Now I know that if I have a client in the same situation, I'll just tell them, hey, we need to pause and not start work until you have some of these things figured out. But in this situation, I kind of accidentally stumbled into being the brand strategist and helping to design their branding, but that's not what I do. And so that was a mistake I made by allowing myself to jump into that role. So assuming a role that I wasn't qualified to do was mistake number one not getting on the same page and asking for examples of what they wanted was mistake number two. And so we ultimately ended up pausing the contract because there was a lot of time spent going back and forth and the videos were actually getting further and further from what they wanted instead of closer and closer. And once they provided visual examples of what they wanted a few weeks later, we reinstated the contract and we got off to a much better start the second time around. And they've been a great client ever since. But I know now what matters to them. I thought I, I just assumed what mattered to them because of what matters to other clients, but they had certain particularities that some of my other clients don't have. Now I know that even micro design features really do matter to them. So what matters to your client that you're producing work for? Is it design, graphics, the content structure? Figure that out. 
what matters to them must matter to you because they're paying you to care about what they care about. Now, I've had other clients that let us design a template for them and they never had anything negative to say about it, but also those clients had some more of their branding figured out. And so we had an easier time matching up with that. And also some of my other clients were less picky. Um, but if you can gauge during pre-contract conversations how picky a client is or how particular they are on something or just what matters to them most, then uh, you'll have a much easier time going into the new relationship. Now, to play it safe, you must approach every new client as if they're going to be super particular just to play it safe, and then you can always scale back to where they're at. Now, the biggest thing that most freelancers get wrong is that they blame the client for all the issues. Yes, the client has a part to play in the conflict or whatever the problem is and the miscommunication, but you must be the one to set clear expectations from the get-go. Don't expect the client to do that. Many clients I've had were very passive about that, and I had to be the one to initiate that. In the situation I was in recently, I accepted responsibility for the extra time that the client had to give on all this back and forth that we had in the initial video editing process. And I apologized for not taking more time up front to understand their preferences, their design preferences, what they're particular about. And I apologized for not pausing up front and telling them, hey, you got to figure branding out first before we can get started. And now I learned the lesson. I also apologize for not having as efficient of, an, of a video editing review system. Um, my company has only recently started getting more involved in video editing again after a long pause because we've been mostly focused on strategy and now we're trying to do the editing and the strategy. So I didn't have a, a, a good enough system in place yet for reviewing edits and reviewing videos. So I took a lesson learned from that. Like we basically went ahead and we created a whole video without ever getting approval on some of the graphic elements because that worked for some other clients because they weren't as picky about some of the graphic elements, but this client was. And now partly that has to do with the fact that I did send some initial mock-up to the client and they said it looked good. And I took that as, oh, they're approving of it. Um, but they hadn't actually had a chance to fully review it yet. They were just kind of giving their thoughts in the moment of what their initial impressions were. But I thought that was their final approval. So don't just assume that when they say it looks good, that they're giving their final approval. It wasn't. <laughs> what they meant to say was, it looks good, but I need some more time to review what isn't working. Yeah, that's kind of on the client for not explaining fully that they weren't done reviewing it yet. But really, that's up to you as the freelancer to double check absolutely everything. So I realized that I needed to slow down the editing process. I needed to slow down the onboarding process with a new client so that we're totally on the same page about everything. So as a freelancer to double check, you need to say things like, okay, you said it looked good. Do you fully approve of this design? There are no more changes to be made, correct? If so, we'll finish this first video, we'll lock in this edit, which means no more changes can be made. You have to kind of give them that ultimatum of, is this your final approval? If so, okay, because this next revision will be the lock. There can be no more changes made after this. You have to be super clear about that because that's gonna, that's gonna motivate them to fully review everything and then let you know of everything they want changed right then rather than giving you one thing at a time and then you're constantly churning out new versions because they're only giving you a piece at a time. So all in all, the client had some shortcomings with their communication, which left more room for me to assume things. But it was also my fault for not double checking. Um, you can override a client's lack of communication with your communication. Also, the client had a shortcoming of not knowing exactly what they wanted up front and they didn't really have clear examples for me. 
Um, and I pointed that out to them. I pointed out their shortcomings after I admitted to mine. Too many freelancers just put all the blame on the client and they don't take the time to humble themselves and figure out where they went wrong and what they could do better. So I still took the bulk of the responsibility, but then I softly mentioned what they should have done differently, softly, but specifically. So I said things like, if you had given more clear branding guidelines, our video graphics would have been more consistent, but I'm sorry that I didn't ask for more specific examples from you. I should have done that. You see how I keep bringing it back to me taking responsibility, even though I'm also mentioning what they could have done differently. That's how you want to approach it because taking responsibility, it's contagious. It is absolutely contagious. And so if you take most of the responsibility for the problem, chances are the client will also admit to their part of the problem much easier. Whereas if you just put the blame on them, they're just going to send it right back to you. Now, there are certain times where there's certain clients that you just have to let go and you're like, this just isn't going to work out um, because they just really don't treat people with respect. They're not um, respecting how you want to work and they're constantly treading over that no matter how good you're trying to communicate with them. And I've had a couple of those that I had to dump. Um, But luckily, I've only had those clients rarely because I've learned pretty quickly how to screen for the right type of client up front without ever getting into a contract with a client like that. Um, But the real big lesson here is don't throw a client away just from the first issue and the first conflict. Don't throw them away just because they're picky. Work through it and give them a chance. They might turn out to be a great client once they're on the same page, and you'll likely learn some really valuable lessons that will help you become a better freelancer. Now, I I do suggest that if you're not sure with a client, start hourly with them and then shift to a flat rate once you know how picky they are, (laughs) because each project might take more time with one client than it takes with another client because of what matters to them. So just to play it safe, you might want to start hourly or start in, in a little bit more of a flexual pricing structure and then work into something more fixed. Um, once you know what kind of client they are. So to really sum up the key points here with dealing with a picky client is again, don't blame them, blame them for the conflict or the frustration over a project not getting done because of excessive revisions, take responsibility for most of the problem, but then specifically mention where they erred. Um, It's important that you do let them know where they went wrong as well, but in a nice way after you took responsibility for most of the problem, because again, that will be contagious and they're likely to then accept your criticism of them and admit to it and then also make changes on their end. Two, set limits for how many revisions the client gets, especially if you're charging a flat, a flat rate. Basically, the client has to know that if they're going to be indecisive, they have to be, they have to be willing to pay for it because there are consequences in life when you're indecisive. That is a life thing. When you can't decide on something, you're going to lose time, you're going to lose money, there will be consequences. So you have to make sure that you hold the client accountable to that as well. That if they're a really indecisive person with a lot of things, you better be charging an hourly rate, a pretty good, decent, high hourly rate, and they're going to pay for the indecisiveness and they have to be okay with that. So I want to make sure that you understand it's not about just, uh, you're not just walking away from this Um way undercharging for your services and letting a client abuse your time. Um, but you are, there is that balance there of taking responsibility, but also letting the client know if you're going to go back and forth on things and you're very indecisive on what you want, you're going to pay for it. You're going to pay for changing your mind. Um, that is something that needs to be established. 
And the third main point is to have a setting expectations meeting where essentially you're interviewing them on everything that matters to them on the service that you're providing because each client is going to be different. And certain things that matter to them might affect what you want to charge them too. So have this meeting before you settle on what the pricing is going to be. This might be something that you're having a meeting of before you're actually in a contract so that you can adjust your pricing accordingly based on what matters to them because that'll affect how much time you're investing. A good example would be with the client that I had, they wanted the graphic to be in a very specific position on the screen and a very specific size with the text lined up a certain way. Most of my clients aren't that particular about the graphics, but the client that I had, they must have been a graphic designer in a past life because of how particular they are on that thing. But now I know what matters to them. So now we don't have any issues. We're able to follow the rules that we've set on what matters to them. Because yeah, in my mind, some of the things the client's particular about are things that the viewer will never notice. So to me, it's like not worth the extra time and cost, but it mattered to them, so it matters to me. But I also adjusted my pricing to reflect what mattered to them. So now we're in a good spot. So again, knowing how to navigate dealing with a picky client could mean all the difference in you being able to grow your business and not ruin your reputation by ending a contract with a client that's really angry at you and then they end up leaving you a really bad review and it can be just a very stressful experience. But it doesn't have to be stressful when you have the right tools to use when it comes to these types of clients and just know that uh, don't just toss them away. So hopefully this episode has given you some tools next time that you have a picky client and hopefully you've redefined now uh, what picky really means, that picky isn't always a bad thing Picky just means that what matters to the client doesn't matter to you, but you need to change what matters to you to match what matters to the client. Um, and yes, there are times when you have to ditch the client, but a lot of the time you just have to get on the same page with them on what matters to them and then adjust your pricing accordingly so that everyone's happy, so that it's a win-win situation. And then you can proceed forward and have a pretty good experience. And you're not going to feel like you're getting uh, under paid for what service you're providing. If you liked this conversation today, be sure to follow our podcast and also go to the YouTube channel, Freelance Family Man, and subscribe there where there's additional content. Freelancingdads.com is where you'll get other resources and send in your stories. If you're a freelancer that used to be an employee and you've made this transition and you have some experience, but you're still growing your business, uh, let me know. Uh, shoot me an email comment in in the youtube comment section and uh, get in contact with us and i might invite you to come on the podcast and i might have you share our story with this audience um, no matter where you are in the journey it doesn't matter if you're kind of near the beginning or middle or you're like way at the top of your career right now i'd love to hear your story and i'd love to have you share with this audience some experiences you've had and some of the lessons you've learned with that said i think that's it for today and i'll see you in our next freelancing dads conversation 